potholes. The modern car driver's worst enemy. How many times have you hit a pothole just a little too hard? Eyes darting to the dashboard, hoping and praying that you don't see that flat tire light click on. In the US alone, there are reportedly 220 million flat tires that happen every year on our roadways, posing a risk to the driver and everyone around them. Flat tires aren't the only threat. Heartbreakingly, traffic accidents are the leading cause of death for both Australians and Americans under the age of 15. Despite this, it takes multiple years to gather enough data from police reports to identify an unsafe road. We need a proactive, not a reactive approach to maintaining our city's traffic patterns and roads to effectively prevent further tragedies. Hello, I am your host, Mike Lake. And in today's preview, I will be talking with Emily Bobbis, founder of Compass IoT, a road intelligence company that utilizes connected car data to better identify and predict unsafe road or traffic conditions. Innovation, resiliency, discovery. Join Mike Lake, president and CEO of Leading Cities, as we explore the technologies shaping the possibilities of our future with a preview of tomorrow. Hello and welcome, Emily. Thank you so much for joining us today on the preview of tomorrow. And of course, I want to thank all of our listeners and viewers for joining us for yet another episode. I can't wait to introduce you here to Emily Bobbis. She is the founder of Compass IoT, a solution created to help transport professionals build better, safer cities through connected data. So Emily, tell us, how is it that you, you were motivated to get into this line of work? Uh, well, hi, Mike. Thanks for the invite for the podcast uh, and a very kind of nice introduction as well. Uh, in terms of wanting to get into this line of work, I'm going to be straight up really honest and say that it was never, never the intention at all, never to get into entrepreneurship or innovation. Um, I think I believe what a lot of people do that it's only unicorns that, that create unicorns. And I was always like, oh, I'm not like super bright or you know, I'm not a person that creates a business. Um, and the only reason I even actually got into Compass was uh, at university, there was like a 40% book essay that was due. And I was like, oh, I really don't, I, I just don't know how to write this essay. I've never had such a problem before trying to start this assignment. And my lecturer at the time had said, oh, um, there's a scholarship opportunity. And if you get on this, this scholarship trip, you don't have to do the essay. And <laughs> At that point, I'd never applied for a university scholarship and I was just like, there's such a slim chance that I'm going to get accepted onto this trip. There's only four places, um, but I'm going to apply anyway because anything's better than than doing this essay. Uh, and I ended up getting on the trip by some fluke. And it was like, it was such a cruisy trip too because I think we just had to write a reflection at the end. But the whole point of the story is on that trip is where I actually met my co-founder, Angus. And like, so we started, uh, we started staying friends after the trip. And then we started another startup actually before Compass called Airbike, which was um, one of the first Australian owned and operated bike sharing startups. So we did all the like infrastructure down um, in the, in the ACT or Canberra for people who aren't based in Australia. 
Uh, and then from that, we found that there was this really big demand for mobility data and like mm. trying to figure out how people are actually using city infrastructure. Um, once we sold Airbike, we went and we tried to come up with something that that fit that kind of sphere and we landed on Compass. Um, and that's kind of how Compass came about. But before we actually got into connected cars, uh, a funny story that we like to tell is we actually started with connected cows. So the, the first <laughs> idea for Compass was um, tracking cows, not cars. But we, we pivoted, which uh, I think is Sounds a like lesson. a good idea. <laughs> yeah, like it, there wasn't a lot of scale in, uh, in cows. But I think someone's actually doing that idea now. Uh, but anyway, we, we then went into traffic and that's that's kind of the um, TLDR version of, of Compass and like how I got into the whole whole thing as well. Well, that it's not the the uh, story I was expecting. I would <laughs> never have guessed it began with cows. Um, yeah. And, and for everyone listening, I mean, if you can't tell from the accent uh, or the references, Emily is from Australia and uh, Australia, like the U.S., I mean, a leading cause of of death among young people is actually car accidents, tra road traffic accidents. Um, so, I mean, this is a serious issue. I mean, unfortunately, most of us probably know someone directly or indirectly who has been the victim of a car accident, some perhaps more serious than others. Um, but this is prevalent. I mean, in particularly in any developed world where cars are plenty, um, there's a, a real threat. And it's something, frankly, we take for granted, I think, most of us. I mean, we get into our cars and drive them. We cross streets. We, we have this perhaps false sense of security um, at all times. Um, but... There, uh, you mentioned the lack of data, uh, and this is this is important because data can help us to identify roads that are less safe than others, and where it may be a systemic issue. You know, we think of car accidents as you know, kind of driver uh, initiated or, or at the fault of one driver or another or whatever. But it's if there's a particular intersection or road that's you know where you can look at the data and see that it's prevalent, there might be something bigger at play. Is that a fair assumption that I'm making there? Yeah, totally. And I, I think what a lot of people don't realize with road safety uh, and like vehicle accidents in particular is that it's all done reactively. So in at least in Australia, I know with Black Spot funding, which is the, the program they use to help uh, upgrade infrastructure that's been shown to have like more intersection or more crashes at that intersection, uh, you have to prove that you've had a number of deaths in a calendar year. So you have to say, we've had deaths, now we need the funding. But it can take two to three years for that trend to actually develop. So for some stats in Australia, you've mentioned um, it's one of the biggest killers of young people. So in Australia, um, it's the biggest killer of people under the age of 15 and the second biggest killer of Australians aged between 15 to 24, which is like a huge, huge proportion of, of the population. Um, it, it's just insane that yeah. we're kind of having to then wait two to three years, which in Australia... Every year we have about 1,000 deaths and 35,000 injuries. Mm. So times that by two or three, that's like 100,000 people that are either killed or injured in these crashes 
before you can actually then do something about it. So what Compass is trying to do with the car data is provide a leading indicator. So where are those instances of like um, people that are braking or people that are swerving and not necessarily hitting anything or anyone, but they're happening enough in a cluster that we're like, hey, this, there's something happening at this particular road or intersection. Maybe we need to check it out. Uh, we think that there's a likelihood that someone might eventually hit someone, whether it's in another vehicle or a roadside user, uh, and we need to go out and investigate that so that we can prevent that that death or injury, basically. I mean, that's amazing. I, I mean, it, it, it sadly, it makes sense that there's that delay. Um, mm. But in a situation where we're, the data we're talking about is lives lost, or at least part of the data we're talking about is lives lost, I mean, that's a huge cost to pay. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is truly revolutionary in the sense that by by shifting it from after the damage has been done and, and the tragedy has occurred to predict, essentially, um, and prevent, which is even more important, to pre prevent such uh, loss of life or, or injuries um, is, is a real game changer. It, this has a truly... Um, mindset change kind of in the industry does it not yeah absolutely because we're changing the way that we've even been allocated funding in the yeah. past and and the way that we like to think about it is that you're providing the capability to be proactive in the way that you address the problems in the network before they become more severe and then also dynamic in the way that you address them because like cities themselves are not static they're moving all the time so being able to have access to data that then updates with you is also something that's super powerful because a lot of it has been very manual and it's it's no fault of the of the city planners and the, and the traffic engineers because that's just what they've had to work with i mean mm -hmm. connected vehicle data is didn't exist five years ago at least not at, at scale or in any usable form so it's it's no wonder it's been that way but it's i think the point is that it doesn't have to continue in that same path so i want to dive into you know how this works how are you collecting this data but before we do i, I know you you've deployed all over australia do you want to give us a sense of the impact you've had already yeah sure so uh, one of my favorite ones, keeping on the, the whole, we don't just do road safety, but it's probably a good segue into this particular example. Um, we're clients with Transurban, who are one of the biggest road toll operators in Australia, but also in the world. Um, what happened was there is a, um, it's out west, there's like a highway that Transurban own. Um, and what they wanted to do is they wanted to halve the number of crashes on a particular section of the intersection. So they were using compass data um, and they ended up being able to halve, as they wanted to, halve the number of crashes on one of the busiest roads in Sydney. Um, for people who, who don't know Australia, Sydney is uh, the one with the Opera House and the Harbour Bridge. It's it's <laughs> one of the biggest, the biggest cities in the country. Um, so that was a huge uh, just goal for them to be able to do that. Uh, a couple of other examples is there's a city just further up more, um, more towards Queensland, so further up north called Lismore, and Australia got just hammered by floods in, in March. It was just like a disgusting amount of rain. I think we got like a year's worth of rain in like a one day or something like that. 
And what normally happens when you have a lot of rain is then it impacts the road surface. So you get rain that gets underneath the road tarmac and it just, it creates potholes, which I'm sure everyone's very familiar with and hates. (laughs) Yeah. So what, what we were able to do is we went up to Lismore and we were able to measure the level of uh, deterioration in the road that was caused by the flooding. So we compared uh, what's called the gyroscope data in the car. It's basically like the movements of a car, so the the roll, the pitch, and then the yaw, and we were able to determine how much those movements had changed and then determine, okay, how much the road has degraded. So we were able to show that it had degraded 50% within a week's time just because of the amount of rain that had happened. It, which is insane. Uh, normally you'd have to get, uh, there's a, a truck that you normally put lasers on, super accurate, but if you, when was the last time you did a reading for that truck? Uh, how can you get that truck up there again to maybe read the roads again? It's it's like, it's very expensive. It's hard to scale. So trying to find somewhere in the middle of that is what, what we're able to do there. Uh, and then probably another one, is uh, there's something called origin destination, which sounds super complicated, but it's basically like how many people go from a point A to a point B and how do they get there? We did a project um, up in Queensland, which was measuring trucks and and freight vehicles because a lot of people want to know how are trucks getting from their point A to their point B uh, and what routes are they taking? Are they taking roads that maybe aren't safe for for trucks or or for the rest of the community or the road is not built for the truck? Uh, So we were able to map uh, 20 million different freight trips across a section of, of Queensland to see where the trucks were going, where they were starting from, whether they were taking routes that the, the government expected that they were taking or whether they needed mm-hmm. to maybe do some upgrades. Um, I could go on forever, but they're probably like three examples that, that come to mind. <laughs> well, so now tell us, how are you doing this? I mean, obviously you're doing it with data, but uh, and you, you mentioned getting the data from the car, but how does it work? Yeah, sure. So... Uh, I should probably start like super low and say what a connected vehicle is because I find everyone mm. has, some people don't know what it is or they have very different understandings. So simplest term, a connected vehicle is just one that has an internet connection. Uh, the internet connection allows the data from that car, from the sensors in that car to be sent back to the manufacturer. So it's normally facil- facilitated by a SIM card in the head unit or the front of the vehicle, just allows it to transfer data via the cloud, not too dissimilar to how maybe your phone just, you know, uses data to and from the cloud or your computer to and from the cloud. Uh, cars or connected cars are basically like mobile phones on wheels at this point, particularly like Teslas and stuff. It's it's more a computer than an actual car. Mm. Um And so we enter into contracts with those manufacturers. Uh, They're also called OEMs if someone is really super nerdy about it, which is just original equipment manufacturer. Uh, We enter into contract with those manufacturers. We ingest all of that data, put it through some algorithms, um, put it through our like Google Cloud software, and then we spit out kind of more usable insights on top of a map. So it's, it's almost like if you put, car data on top of a map and we're able to just like look for things and search for different roads and select different things. Got it. So, I mean, clearly, you know, connected vehicles are are growing um, in popularity and manufacturing. You know, it, it's the wave of the future, let's say. Data is going to increase your ability to analyze it and, and have more data points to better predict will all improve. 
So let's look 10, 25, 50 years from now and assume that you know every vehicle uh, is, is using this system and, and uploading its data and what's the impact? What do you see um, you know, Compass IoT achieving in, in the next 50 years? Well, I think there's probably two things. One of the goals that we have as like a North Star is that whenever anyone thought about road intelligence uh, or intelligent transport systems that they thought Compass, that the brand was synonymous. And then the second thing that I would kind of like to see is that everyone has their own version of like a Vision Zero target for road safety. I'd like it instead to be Vision Zero, that it would be like, instead of a vision, it would be reality that we wouldn't yeah. have to have a vision zero because there's no longer any accidents or the accidents that are there, there's there's so few of them that it's it's basically statistically just negligible. That would be my my goal. Have have no no more car accidents and and really nice kind of data sets to support that. And and you know, it's easy to get these lost in the numbers itself, but in the end, you're talking about lives. I mean, this is o over 50 plus years, you're, you're talking potentially millions of lives yep. that have been saved. Um, I mean, that's that's a, an amazing an amazing accomplishment. Um, and you're already saving lives. Which, so you're already on the way. And I want to thank you for that. And I want to thank you for joining us today on Preview of Tomorrow. It's been a real pleasure to have you. For all of our, our listeners and viewers that want to learn more, um, what's the best way for them to do so? Yeah, sure. So I'm happy if people want to reach out to me on, on LinkedIn. Um, that's always, I post a lot of content about connected vehicles and roads and things like that. Uh, but the other alternative, if you want to learn more about Compass IoT, is to visit our website, which is compassiot.com.au. Perfect. Well, Emily, thank you so much, as I said, for not just the uh, work you're doing, but for being here on, on this episode of Preview of Tomorrow. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was It's a bit early, but uh, we got there. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for tuning in to this episode of Preview of Tomorrow. Listeners like you are essential to advancing our efforts to drive resiliency and sustainability for all. I ask that you give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or whichever streaming platform you prefer. Your feedback helps us to grow and share these brief previews of what life in the future can be. In addition to thanking our guest today, I want to thank Peter Roy and Demetria Bridges for making this podcast possible. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and encourage others to also join us each week in previewing the possibilities of tomorrow. Preview of Tomorrow is brought to you by Leading Cities, a global nonprofit driving resilience and sustainability for all by unleashing the potential of the world's cities. Join them at leadingcities.org.